Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat. This is IGN's Nintendo Podcast. My name is Philip Mewson, and coming up on Nintendo Voice Chat, we have a big show for you guys today. We actually have a guest here with us, and we have a ton of stuff to talk about. The Video Game Awards happened this past week. We've got some new added content to Zelda, and of course, continuing the amazing trend of Switch releases, we have a slew of new Switch games. But before we get into all of that, I'd love to introduce our panel, starting, of course, as always, over here on my right side. Let's go ahead and say hello to Mr. Pear Schneider. Well, hello. Am I the special guest? Thank you so you're much. You're not the special guest, but I'm you're so always honored. my special yes. guest. Oh, thank you. Yes. Very, very honored to have so you here. So touched. Yeah, no, great topics. Uh, I'm excited to get to our guest. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Is it Brian Altano? It's, it's not, no, no it's I'm here. Not, it's not Mr. Oh, Brian Altano. How hi, are you doing, Brian? Hi, I'm here often, so that's right. this, that's no news. Okay. Uh, well, I did save the best for last, and over here to my far left is Mr. Jules. Hey. Watch him. How's it going? Good, man. Hey, Hey, man. Good. Welcome so to IGN. Going. Thank you very much. So Jules is our new PlayStation editor Woo. at IGN. Is that true? <laughs> Jules makes, makes games for a living, which yes. is, uh, I, I think, a little, little cooler. Yes, Jules is actually a developer, a video game developer. He's been around for a little bit of time. Uh, sorry, Jules, I'm, I apologize. I'm just going ahead and pulling the reins here and doing your intro. Uh, but you just released a Switch game. Yesterday, I believe. It's, uh, it's, yes. We live in the future. Yes, yeah, yeah. it was yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yes, yeah, I did. So, and it's, it's, a, it's a little... <laughs> I remember it. Yes. Yeah. Do you? Just like it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, why don't you go ahead and tell us about it. Um, it's Mutant Mud's collection. It is. Mutant Mud's collection for the Switch, which right. is super exciting. Um, it's, you know, the original Mutant Mud's game, gosh, came, back, uh, came out back in 2012 for the 3DS, which was, and that was an exciting kind of golden time for the 3DS, like the eShop had just come out, um, and we were lucky enough to kind of get a dev kit and jump in to uh, get a game on there. And what was really nice about making that game is it was kind of a passion project we did in our own time. Like we were getting paid to make other games during the day, uh, which we were very happy to do. Um, but at night we got to make what we wanted to make, you know, so it was super exciting. Um, and it, I, did, I did not know that. I didn't yeah. know you were... A game developer by day, a game developer by night. Yeah, that's. I think you got your <laughs> secret identity no, no, screwed up a little bit. I, 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 I so much. I think yeah. I always just yeah. assumed that this was like a full. That was indie game development was like a full time thing for you. Um, it is. Okay, yeah, I think it is. I, I mean, I like it. I think yeah. I'll stick with it for a little while. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so, um, but yeah, no, it's 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 got muds on there. It's got mute muds uh, super challenge that came out uh, last year on the 3ds, Wii U, and a bunch of other things. Um. And then we had a third game we wanted to kind of add to it. Um, we didn't. We we spent a while kind of kicking around some ideas, and we landed with Mudblocks, which is mm-hmm. uh, kind of an adaptation of Bomb Monkey yep. that came out on the 3DS um, in 2012 as well, I believe. Um, so we took that and mudderized it um, for the Switch and two-player and leaderboards and rumble and all kinds of fun stuff so, so uh, similar yeah. concept like you have to make chains uh, of blocks of the same color and then you drop a bomb on them and they they just kind mm-hmm. of explode unless they have a lock on them right yeah mm-hmm. it was it was kind of my take on 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 tetris really and i mean that may be kind of hard to see because it's nothing like tetris but i kind of <laughs> liked to look at a game and deconstruct it and go okay well how how did they make this game like if you right. From the from the building blocks from the beginning, the foundation. How may they have approached that game? Um, so that's what I did with Tetris. Kind of took it apart and then designed uh, mud blocks here, which is up on the screen very fancily. Um, and I liked that it had you were using the pieces 
to help you and hurt you at the same time. They were the same thing. And there was this sense of impending doom always. Like you're never going to win. <laughs> right. But how far can you get? And it's the fun kind of challenge of can I get a little bit further than last time? And then I threw into the mix things like those red blocks that destroy an entire row or column. There are locked blocks. Um, but the, the key is to keep the color blocks together. So then when you drop the water uh, bomb on top of it, it kind of it destroys all of those colors together. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, it was super fun to make it, and it was a, a fun challenge. So uh, making it motorized for the, the, the Switch release was awesome. It was super fun. We got to add the, the facial expressions on the blocks and stuff, which was cool. Right. They look around, up, down, left, and right and stuff, and they react to what's going on. So No, that's yeah. awesome. So as a game designer, you know, obviously you, you think about the, the level design and mm -hmm. how everything fits together, right? And then you work, uh, your, your partner does most of the coding, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, and then uh, what do you use to draw the, the sprites and stuff? Like how, um, how do you create all the art? Uh, so it's a program called ProMotion. Yeah. Um, it's an it's a old school kind of pixel program similar to like back in the day. Um, in the Super Nintendo kind of days. I used what was to, it? ProMotion? ProMotion, yeah. ProMotion, yeah. There was a, a EA, weirdly enough, used yeah. to make this paint program back in the day in the 90s called Deluxe Paint or Deluxe Animation. Yeah, uh -huh. I it had was, that. Everyone was using it. It yeah. was on the Amiga, it was on the PC. Everyone used it to make their games. So weird to think now that EA made this and everyone yeah. was using it to make their games. Anyway, so I, I used that for years. Uh, so ProMotion is kind of built from that kind of concept. Anyway, so I use that to, to do the pixel art as well as Photoshop, you know, now and then as well. Mm. So, uh, so, yeah. so there's this really kind of positive and creative side to you. And then there's this absolutely evil <laughs> side that also comes up with the levels for stuff like Super Challenge. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you, do people ever want to punch you or is often? That, I'm yeah. sure. I want to punch myself sometimes. You know, especially when I play that game. I, I, yeah, I have to take a break from it. I mean, it is it's brutal. Yeah. You know, but yeah. that's that's what I wanted to make. It was very much uh, inspired by uh, Mario Brothers Lost Levels. Mm -hmm. Which is brutal. Yeah. Um, and I think some people love that. So the concept was, you know, the players just beat, um, just completed playing Mutant Muds and immediately they jump into Super Challenge. So they have that that skill, that ability that, they've, you know, they've built up that tolerance to the gameplay. And then they jump into to Super Challenge and it's <laughs> it, it's not messing around from the get-go. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hardcore. It has spikes and a drop, jump, hover, shoot immediately is the first thing you have to do. Right. Um, I, I think a, a thing a lot of people learned, probably this audience learned a couple of years ago with the release of Super Mario Maker, um, is that it's it's easy to make a hard level, mm -hmm. but it's hard to make a hard level that's really good. Like, and that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. You yeah, know, it's totally. it's like I think to make it's really easy to make a cheap hard level, right? Where you're it's just super like, well, easy. let's add a bunch of enemies. Yeah. Let's make the jumps longer than they need to be. Like, let's just let's make a cheap hard level. Yeah. Uh, but I think to make a really well designed, difficult level takes a lot more strategy than just sort of just like upping the amount of things in it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have to think about, I mean, constantly, you know, even the, the first game and this game, you have to think about what does the player know at this stage? Mm. What have they done? What have they experienced? How can I build on that um, to kind of up it a little bit more than the last time that yeah. they encountered this situation? Let's add an extra wrinkle to it. And with this game, I mean, MUDS is extremely simple. Um like as far as the player's abilities mm -hmm. um, and what you can do. So it's nice. You kind of have this set of ingredients um, of, of assets that I can use to make a level, whether it be a jump height, jump distance, um, enemy uh, positioning. Um, 
Like right there, that guy on top of that platform above you, it's, uh, it's, it's a mean place to be. It is. Yeah. One um, thing I've noticed like while playing through the game itself, especially with Super Challenge, is everything is so like meticulously and purpose- purposefully placed yeah. Yeah. Like, to either make it difficult for you to pass that barrier or to trick you into thinking like you can get through here, but you're going to have to be extra careful. Mm. Um, so it's definitely one of the more challenging games that I've, I've mm-hmm. played on Switch right now. Um, and you can definitely see it's sort of how it draws inspiration from games like obviously Mario and, uh-huh. and Mega Man even so yeah. it's very yeah. very cool well yeah it's and for me um, the weirdly enough the journey began as far as the creation of the original mods kind of began weirdly enough in the 90s when I first saw a Japanese import of Super Mario World on the Super Nintendo mm. like I was an Amiga person at that time I worked at a video game magazine in London uh, reviewing uh, Amiga games um, and, but upstairs there was a magazine called Mean, mean Machines run by uh, our friend Julian Rignall um, <laughs> and he they had Jazz uh, yeah Jazz Jazza <laughs> um, and they had a Super Famicom up there and it had Super Mario World and I'm like what is that I had never seen anything like that the way it looked the way it played the way it sounded I'm like my, I was like wow that is I love it everything about it I love it the whole thing um and that, unbeknownst to me at the time, that really had an impact on me. And, and, you know, I'd always wanted to do my version of that somehow. Like, not not copy it, not recreate it, but try and create something that had that impact on people. Hopefully, maybe, you know, people who come along and play a platformer. Um, so that's kind of where the journey began for me. So when, like I said, you know, we were making other games during the day and we, we created an opportunity to make our own platform game for the 3DS, I was like, oh. I need to tap into that feeling mm-hmm. that I had all the, you know, 20 years ago, whatever it was. Um, how do I, I do that? And that's where, you know, uh, Mute Mods began. And I started off with Max, the little character. And sometimes when you sit down and do something creative, it sucks. You do something, you're like, that's garbage. Mm-hmm. You know, try again. But one of the few times with Max, I sat down and created it. And he turned out just like that the first time, which very rarely happens. I'm, I very much iterate on my work. You know, I never, it's never perfect first time. I iterate, 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 and redo, redo, redo until it's perfect. But with Max, he turned out basically like that immediately. His pants were a lot shorter. He was a lot more squat. <laughs> so I extended the blackness so his pants were a bit, a bit longer. But that was about it. I, was I, there, um, is there a reference to Earthbound or anything in there? Like no, the characters just kind of like, I feel like yeah. he could just be in, in Earthbound. He feels like a friend that lives yeah, yeah. near yeah. them. I, I must have subconsciously done that. But no, I mean, I, I did that, and in the game release, and everyone was like, hey, is that so-and-so from Earthbound? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And mm-hmm. I mean, I was being honest. I wasn't being sarcastic. And then I saw the game, and I'm like, oh, I see how that looks exactly like that guy. Right. Um, I think what was interesting about MUDs is that it was one of the first um, 2D platformers on 3DS mm-hmm. that used 3D in that way. And I think, I think that's what... it was what, the first on, on probably, yeah, I think it yeah. was the first, right? Yeah. And it we was jump like, in the background, yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah. And that just like... Um, I remember being like when I first heard about the sort of like the dream and the vision of the 3DS, I thought about playing 3D games and how cool that would look. Playing Mario 64 at launch in 3D. And, you know, mm-hmm. there, was a lot of, there was a lot of really interesting ideas happening there. Yeah. But I didn't really connect the dots of how much this would elevate a 2D game until yeah, I played your it? game. Yeah. You know, and seeing like yeah. seeing things pass in the foreground and the mm-hmm. background of a 2D game, which we've seen a million times, uh, but seeing them in 3D mm-hmm. was really stunning. Yeah. And then once you dug in there, you realize like, oh, this is a really strong, competent platforming game. Uh, and I think what took me a while to get used to, and I'm still sort of mastering the language of it in many players are, is the hover. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're not, oh, yeah. if you're listening to the episode and you're not watching our footage, um, what separates Mutant Muds from, I think, a lot of more traditional platforming games is that you have this like little hover. Mm-hmm. And you would think that makes the game 
easier, <laughs> but all of the challenge of the game is designed around that mechanic, yeah. and it makes it so that you are constantly sort of counting the milliseconds. Like managing that. Yeah, yeah. managing, yeah. sort of micromanaging your hover. Well, it's really smart. You don't realize that you can cancel it. You, know, you, you jump in the air, you press jump again, and then that engages your hover, and then that lasts for a few seconds, and then you drop. Right. But if you press jump again at any time when you're in the hover, it cancels it, and now you can drop. So when you don't realize that at first, you're kind of like, oh, man, this is kind of tough. But as soon as you realize, oh, I can cancel it, you're like, oh. Now I can land perfectly where I want to, and you're like, "Oh man, it opens up everything." Right? Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was crazy awesome. I mean, the time we released it on the uh, 3DS was really exciting. I mean, for me personally, it was it was a huge moment. We um, we met. Let me think now. In 2011, E3. I got a meeting with Nintendo to meet them like behind closed doors to present the game. And I'm like freaking out. Like this is, we'd, we'd done DS games like Dementium and Moon and so on. And that was super awesome, mm-hmm. but never worked with Nintendo one-to-one. I never like emailed them directly, you know, mm-hmm. it always through a publisher or whatever. Um, so getting to meet Nintendo at E3 in 2011 to show them the game, I was like nervous and stuff and showing it off um, to Dan Edelman, who no longer works there, unfortunately, right. but he was a great uh, Nindy champion at Nintendo. Um, but yeah, presented the game to them, had like three levels, you know, that's all we had kind of thing, cobbled it together. Um, then got to meet, you know, loads of press and had, you know, made some, um, had some interviews and actually mocked up screenshots of the game for print magazines because we didn't even have any screenshots. We had to fake all that. So it was a really exciting time to kind of get it out there and then to have it then release, um, in 2012 on the eShop is one of the few, uh, eShop games on there. Um, sorry, yeah, eShop games uh, out there. And then Nintendo even included it on their um, ad campaign, their yeah. online ad campaign, right. which had MUDs in it. I'm like, oh, what? Cool. Yeah, it was amazing. It's, it's, it's really cool yeah. uh, seeing that come together. And we're seeing that, that success, and I hope you get to see the same uh, on Switch now because that's been the story of 2017 mm-hmm. um, was that yep. you know there are, there are a lot of awesome games on Switch now, but for the first few months, it was pretty much like Mario Kart, Zelda, a bunch of others mm-hmm. we, we ran through recently. Um, but... The eShop specifically, people would watch it like hawks. Mm-hmm. And right now, I think 14 games a week launch on that. Game. <laughs> oh, yeah, at least. It's getting, it's getting a little busier over there. Yeah. It's getting a little crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But um, at the start, yeah. you know, there wasn't nearly as much competition. Mm-hmm. So, yep. um, yeah, it's cool to see. And I think Mutant Muds was there near the launch of the Wii U again? Or the... What was the story yeah, with that? Yeah, close, I think. Yeah. Close. I mean, Dan, again, I think uh, some show, he's like, hey, you should put this on Wii U. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. So yeah, I, it's, yeah, it feels like when like, the Nintendo party gets started. Like, yeah. You're one of the first to walk in the yeah. Do you make your money back? Like with the Wii U, right? The system wasn't a huge success, and I don't know how vibrant the eShop was. You did no, the Wii U store. release was a complete disaster. So that's, <laughs> But that's bad for you guys, right? Like yeah. you're, you're yeah. such a small team, yeah. right? and it's yeah. not like you're a portfolio company with five <laughs> games coming out every year. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty rough. I mean, you know, ports obviously cost a lot less money. Than, yeah. than the original game. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, MUDs did pretty well on the original 3DS, so that was great. But, you yeah, know, the Wii U one did not do. Do you think that was well. a um, the sort of a situation of the obviously way smaller uh, user base? Install base, yeah. Or was it a, a matter of fact of the sort of the saturation, the crossover between yeah. people who had played MUDs already? And I, mean, I guess the Wii U was just an enigma, you know? It was just weird in so many ways. Um, yeah, I mean, it was... Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> well, uh, I wish I knew the answer to that question. Yeah, it was it was kind of a strange, a strange thing. Well, now that we have the Switch, and obviously Mud started on the 3DS um, platform, or you know, was on the 3DS. How was it like, uh, or how hard is it to port a game from 3DS over to Switch? It's pretty well. I don't want to use the word easy, but it's it's pretty straightforward. Okay, you know, I'm not a programmer, so I don't have to feel the pain firsthand. Um, but it's it's been pretty straightforward uh, for for us to put over there, which is nice. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's been great. We've we've moved our engine over to it. Um, Muds, we had that running on the switch pretty quick. Quick. I mean, I would say within a week or two. I mean, from nothing wow. to now, I can play the game and basically beat it. Um, and then, so that was the first stage: is get Muds working on there. And then we're like, all right, now what else are we going to do? You mm. know, then we decided to add. You we know, started to rumble. And, yes, we did. We did. We <laughs> spent one we, year on the rumble. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's what. Yeah, exactly. Would have been sooner otherwise. Um, but it was a fun kind of challenge. Like you know, look, let's put muds on the switch, um, and that in and of itself would have been fine, mm-hmm. and we could have released it, and I, I think that would have been okay. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm always kind of paranoid as far as like, does anyone want to buy this again? I'm not right, sure. Yeah. You know, I want to well, make, think, you know, I want to make it sweet what, for the, the player. The interesting you know? thing about this platform is I think it's, it has reached so many people yeah. for the first time. I remember when the, um, True. when Naughty Dog ported The Last of Us to PS4, which, you know, probably took a little longer than a week, but also the, the reasoning behind that, we all sat there and said like, why is this game coming to PS4? We were to right. play it on PS3. Uh, it was like 72% of the audience on PS4 had never played it before. So while wow. like hardcore yeah. Nintendo fans who listen to the show week in, week out, they're probably saying like, oh, I played MUDs already. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a brand new audience out there. Yeah. Yeah. So like when Nintendo or when you port something to a console like Switch, does Nintendo provide sort of a checklist of things you have to do? Because I see like there's a lot of things that people tend to miss. Mm-hmm. Indie devs, third parties, they'll be like, Oh, we have to patch in pro controller support, or uh, you know, like it doesn't work in tape mode, like one of your games mm-hmm. does, the the puzzle right. game on here, uh-huh. yeah, um, uh, which is cool. That's you didn't need to do that; you right. just threw it in there. Um, is do they do they make that easier for you, or is that sort of just like something? Um, it's down mind to the developer, share? really. I mean, you can, I mean, release hot garbage on there, I guess, if you want to. Um, and Nintendo's like, well, I mean, they've kind of stepped back as far as being. The gatekeepers on it's that. not like, the old Nintendo exactly. seal of approval. Yeah, back anymore. in the day, they were very careful about that, and that's mm-hmm. great. Um, I'm trying to think when it changed. I think in the 3DS era, they literally changed the terminology in their business, which are sign everything new again, where they became agents now, just right. representing games mm-hmm. rather than whatever they were before. Well, and it um, showed too because if you pop yeah. onto the 3DS eShop, if you do today, in the last few years, um, there's tons of garbage on there it's <laughs> like and that's being generous like yeah, there's yeah. just straight up like broken trash yeah. on there like it, they look like weird like you know amazon kindle store po- ports and stuff stuff that just you're just like why is this here who is this for but, but I mean, I, if you're not playing it i really don't know who it's for <laughs> but i think it was the right decision you know it's nice to let the floodgates open let people put their stuff on there yeah. um and then it lets those that are really putting the effort in hopefully lets their game shine and the shovelware hopefully doesn't go anywhere <laughs> but, but so on the 3ds so for you that didn't happen right with chicken wiggle you were maybe a little late on wiggle, the platform and like no but it, but, but it's <laughs> a kidding. but it's a good game yeah. on a platform but it didn't didn't find an audience right. there yeah. and in this case it wasn't because it was so crowded on that platform. There weren't a lot of titles coming out. It's right. more that the audience had moved on. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, we just said you're there. Nintendo throws a party. You're there at the start, and this was sort of more of a swan song, mm-hmm. yeah, or a chicken song. Yeah, it was um, chicken song. Nice. That's a good title <laughs> for a game. It's good stuff. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> um, it's it, it, it's always hard to know why a game doesn't do well, right? Yeah. Um, and there's always a thousand factors to it, and I try to collect the data as much as we can. Um, but they're all every release and is so different, whether it be the game itself or the timing or the pricing or right. whatever. Um, I think with Chicken Wiggle, one of the main components was man, as soon as that switch came out, everyone dropped through DS like it was a yes. bad cold. Yeah. It was like new switch, yay! And yeah. it's funny though, because I and I've said this very publicly, oh, I love the 3DS so much. I mean, the DS Lite especially was my favorite 
console period forever. Mm-hmm. And then the 3DS, uh, the smaller new 3DS came out, the white one. Um, and I was like, okay, this is my next new favorite plot console ever. Um, but man, as soon as the Switch came out, suddenly the 3DS looked really old. Yeah. You know, the, the, I mean, and I, like I say, I love it, but it even like dated physically, fast. right? Yeah. Well, and it was, was like, like I feel like, I, I mean, I bought the, the iPhone 7 Plus or whatever a couple of years ago, and then like my wife had an iPhone 5 or 4, the mm-hmm. one that just feels like a postage stamp in comparison. And like they're both totally fine. They both get the job done, but like holding one and then holding the other, you're kind of like, how did we ever, yeah. how did we ever use this? You know, yeah. I think the 3DS is a little easier to go back to, but mm-hmm. I mean, so when in the design process of Chicken Wiggle were you like, this is, this we don't want to move this over to switch or we want to put this on on 3ds like yeah i mean was there that's what's funny and sad at the same time is i was convinced i was like man there are tens of millions of 3ds owners out there you know so doing a game that is like when we first started making chicken wiggle it was supposed to be very small very tiny get it done three to six months it was really kind of like a 2d pushmo Right. You know, really simple. Let's even do the QR codes, uh, kind of paint the level. Let's just not make it too deep. Really, really simple. Just a few pieces for the player to, to, to use to make their stuff. And then we started doing that. And then ideas came. And we, we usually, I usually stop that and be like, mm-hmm. no, let's stick to the plan and get it out. But that time it felt like, yeah, no, let's let this happen. Let's let this um, snowball and, and kind of have feature creep and grow our scope to make it really special because I was convinced that was the right thing to do. What you call make it? Feature creep? Feature creep, yeah. Is that, is that when you have ideas and it just keeps growing and growing? Yeah, it and never growing. ends. Right. Yeah. I mean, a game technically is never finished, but you just yeah. decide to, okay, we just, just release it now. Um, so we, so anyway, we made it, we thought, let's make it really, really special. And then, uh, surely, <laughs> build it and they will come. Put it on the, an audience that has tens of millions of, of people out there. Um, yeah, it didn't work out. Mm. So there was never any point where I'm like, oh my gosh, you must get it to Switch. I mean, yeah, of course, I'd love it on Switch. But I was really convinced it was going to do well on 3DS. And yeah. I, well, so wow, I was wrong. When a game launches <laughs> on Switch, uh, it sort of pops to the top of the store on that big grid, right? I check it every every day or so. And I'm right. like, what's here? What's coming soon? Like, mm-hmm. what's what yeah. are the demos? It's hard to find everything, right? Yep. But it's pretty simple to just sort of go like, it's it's kind of broken down. Like, these just launched. These are the t- the best selling games, mm-hmm. and these are the games coming soon. Right on 3ds, it gets a little murkier, right? Yeah. So the mm-hmm. way that eShop is designed, um, you could put Chicken Wiggle out, and I might not know unless I yeah. like clicked in through five or six buttons exactly, and then scrolled yeah. all the way down. Mm-hmm. So like, is that a worry too of sort of being like huge. we're at the finish line? Yeah, like yeah. we need placement here. Oh yeah, it's a huge worry. Yeah, and you can't guarantee that. You know, right. Nintendo won't. Um, you know, guarantee that for anyone. I mean, and rightly so, right? They can't play that game as far as favorites and, and that will promote your stuff. Oh, suddenly some big guys come along. Oh, we're going to yeah. bump you out and put them in. They can't play that game, rightfully so, and I respect that. Um, but for us, it's terrifying because we're right. like, uh, is Pokemon coming out next week? I don't know. Yeah. You know, and that's, so, the, that's the gift uh, and the curse of it, right? Like, I mean, you're, you're effectively a rectangle on a grid. And your rectangle is the same size it might as, a, as Skyrim, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like Chicken Wiggle and yeah. Skyrim or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then somebody has to make that decision. You know, yeah. Yeah. That's a human condition. You're just a rectangle <laughs> on a grid. That's rectangle it. on a grid. That's all yeah. we are. Um, so I'd be interested to hear, like, just from a developer's perspective, do you feel like the 3DS is a platform that's sort of fading out for, like, indie developers in particular? Uh, do you feel like it's just sort of time to move on now and the Switch is here and, like, this is where mm. people should be releasing... Undoubtedly. Yeah, okay. I have no doubt in my mind that that's a big yes, yeah. Okay. Um, because it, it's now the big boys' platform as far as, you know, whether... Well, mainly, mainly Nintendo, but I think if any other big publisher comes along with some big property, Minecraft, um, then 
awesome. It's going to do great, you know. Um, but any indie thing, it's going to be um, a real roll of the dice, you know, because whether you get any exposure on the eShop itself, um, yeah. And honestly, I when we released Chicken Wiggle on the 3DS, um, the people that were really excited about the game, man, I can't even count how many times people said, oh, we should just on the Switch. And I'm like, oh. I heard it so yeah. many times. I mean, you, hear, you heard it. <laughs> You heard it at E3 this year, or every time Nintendo does a direct, a presentation of any kind, they're like, Mario Party the 100. We're like, cool, Switch. Metroid. Yeah. Metroid, cool, Switch. Yeah. Like, anything they say, yeah. and it's kind of like, yeah. you know, I, they have the same mentality that exactly. you have. Over like yeah. They're like, we have tens of millions yeah. of systems out here. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, I mean, now I get it. You know, at the time, I was so, you know, in the trenches, making the game. 3DS is awesome. Switch is great, too. Um, and, 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 but now I, now I get it. I mean, it's a delayed reaction, because I'm so, you know... Uh, a tunnel vision on the game, but now I'm like, any game that's announced, I want it on my Switch. So <laughs> you, right. so so now though, so you you focus on the Switch uh, on the uh, 3DS for a while, um, looking at kind of the games that are selling on Switch and how it is a little bit more. I mean, it does feel like it's um, aged up a bit, right? The platform is uh-huh, a little yeah. bit, uh, probably an older audience. Does that influence your your art and your your games? You, you've you've done more mature games in the uh-huh. past, right? Yeah, like, sure. Demen- Dimentium, Dementium, right? uh-huh, yeah, yep. and uh, uh, and Moon as yep, well. Exactly. Yeah. Like, is that a consideration when you're looking at the Switch now yeah. to go to something, yeah, or is definitely. it you're sticking with that kind of 16-bit no. colorful platformer? All of the above. Yeah. I, d- I just love games. I love playing games. I love making games. You know, any genre. Um, you know, we did Dementium. We'd never, even though I helped a little bit on on the Turok games. Um, I'd never made a first-person shooter, especially yeah. not, or a survival horror, mm-hmm. or a DS game. Yeah. So we're like, yeah, let's do it. Um, you know, I like challenge, not only in my games, but in life. I like to face that challenge. You know, if it's difficult, great. That's going to be an interesting journey, you know. Um, so, yeah. So and we did ATV, a racing game, Mutant Muds. We hadn't, I hadn't made a platformer as a designer before. I had done artwork for a game, but I'd never designed one as far as the gameplay or the levels. So I was like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I think any and all of the above. I'd love to get back to survival horror. I love survival horror. I mean, Doom on the Switch, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Resident Evil, I got that immediately. Um, so uh, I think there's a few other ones coming, actually, as well. Um, yeah, so anyway, it, yeah. yeah, I'd love to get back yeah. into that. Yeah. Um, but you're not going to buy the Turok license and do a 2D side-scrolling <laughs> default game, yeah? Uh, I think not they, today. Made the, they made those on like on iPhone or what was was it GBA? GBA, GBA, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, there, yeah. there was a weird era. It was a pretty good little GBA game. Era. Actually, yeah, yeah, it totally was. Yeah. There was also there was like a side-scrolling um, Tomb Raider game. There's a side-scrolling, mm-hmm. I think, like a Duke uh, Assassin's Creed as well. Yep. Yeah. Assassin's yeah. Creed. Yeah. And we just got the Mummy, yeah. obviously, also. On the oh, yeah, yeah. Demastered. Yeah, that was good too. Yeah, but no, you're not going that direction. No. Um, yes and no, yes. all of the above. Anything's possible. Right. Yeah, but no, I love 2D. I mean, I think I've been in the 2D kind of side scrolling bucket for a little, little while. So I kind of, I like to kind of jump out and do something else for a while. I mean, I'd love to make muds too. I'd love to make Super Zero Drifter. I would love to do those things. We're finishing up Treasure Knots now, mm-hmm. um, which will be in 2018 uh, some, at some point. Um, and so that I'm trying to think now before I. It might say something wrong, but that and one other. We have two more 2D platform games that we're definitely bringing out. Yes. Yeah. So once we're done with that, I'd like to try something else. Who's going to get mad? (laughs) Your boss? (laughs) Well, that's exciting to hear. I mean, I I definitely think that um, a lot of people have something very excited or they have something to be very excited about. And um, the fact that you're 
you know, working on new stuff is very cool. So Thanks, man. Mutant Muds Deluxe or Mutant Muds Collection is out now for Nintendo Switch on the eShop. So definitely check it out. It's a great game. I've been playing a ton of it uh, over the past week. But we do have some more some more news to get to, some more topics to run through. Uh, there was the Video Game Awards just last week or last weekend, I would mm-hmm. say, I guess. And with that came a couple new announcements from Nintendo, some big announcements from Nintendo, right, I would say. But before I get into those announcements, I think it's really important that we just recognize some of these winners of these awards that received awards. Um, For instance, Nintendo took home Best Handheld Game uh, for Metroid Samus Returns, which I think is super, super deserving of that. Um, Best Strategy Game went to Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, and Best Family Game, of course, Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, Do you guys have any quarrels with those wins or anything like that nope. I honestly I'm so well, stoked that Chicken um, Wiggle obviously should have been best handheld Chick- Chicken Wiggle wasn't yeah, there yeah, yeah. yeah. okay so that's obviously I, well, I will say I was <laughs> I was at the I was at the game awards and it was nice because we got to, we all got to dress up in suits and pretend that we were uh, an, at real, a real adult awards show adult <laughs> which I love you know it's like yeah. it's cool it's and it's it is good to recognize that and like you're sitting five feet from like Koizumi and Tim Schafer and uh, you know anybody who's ever like covered games or made games are all there celebrating so it's really cool that said we all sort of like rolled our eyes at the best handheld game thing because we were like what does that mean anymore now that switch is here yeah like what is the best handheld game now doom (laughs) 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 it's like literally any game on switch is the best handheld. yeah like mario odyssey is the best breath of the wild i guess like it's it's such a great they probably wouldn't have that category i don't think so i think this is probably the last it's probably yeah probably the last time we'll see that category in its current form i mean it's you know the the 3ds itself is a dedicated handheld whereas the switch is like it lives in both worlds which is why you know i think that the 3ds totally deserves you know that sort of it it deserves that to own that genre or that sort of uh dedicated handheld award Mm -hmm. but you know maybe next year we will see that stay because yeah. you know we do have other platforms like you know vita still exists on a very very low a very small level. yeah level yeah. um but I, I, yeah it's like i mean this the video games evolve right constantly and so i think the video game awards should too yeah. uh, already this year we saw categories that we didn't see last year and i'm hoping next year you know they they kind of comb through it again and flip stuff up a little well, sure yeah. i mean voice acting is becoming more and more important right mm-hmm. like there yeah. are people putting in really good performances so it's great to see that lauded one note on the uh vgas and ign's game of the year awards are obviously uh, forthcoming we posted our um, our nominees um and uh one challenge that i saw at the vgas is like nintendo had zelda and mario odyssey in the same year right yes. and yeah, they're right. treading on each other's toes i mean in a major way like any other year people would be like oh my god super mario odyssey <laughs> is this amazing game and like here it gets stuck with the best family game category right <laughs> yeah, yeah no we so uh, weird. An- yeah. andrew goldfarb and i talked to anuma the the morning after zelda won game of the year for the vgas and we were like congrats on beating the other games and then like also your own game and he was he was like we finally got that that man in red. <laughs> like, that's so great. Like Mario and Zelda that's were competing hilarious. with each other for, for it, so. it just would have been so weird for the video game awards to happen and for Mario to not win something, I feel mm-hmm. like. Because that game is yeah. so deserving yeah. of an award. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it was a situation where they wanted to give, you know, the award an award to Mario and, and obviously best family game makes sense for a game like mm-hmm. Odyssey. Yeah, at least so. it got honored. I actually have a question about awards in general for you. Um, we used to give, uh, we used to have an award category for indie game. 
So best mm. indie game. Mm. And then we get to this point, got to this point a few years ago where we said, well, it's kind of an arbitrary selection. Like tough, yeah. what's yeah. an what's yeah. an indie? I mean, there's big there, indies out there. <laughs> there's like uh, yeah. you know, Borderlands was made yeah. by an independent development studio. Yeah. It's a very big one. Yeah. Right. right. And then you had games like Inside, which were uh or like Limbo, which yeah. were effective. I think Limbo was like co-funded by Microsoft, yeah. which look is at No Man's Sky, one of the largest right? companies in the yeah. world. And and so right. we said, well, yeah. it kind of puts puts indie games into this category like in you know you kind of want to elevate games that don't have multi-million yeah. dollar budgets but yeah. at the same time yeah. are you doing the games a disservice right. i mean do you feel like you they should that? be yeah. an indie category or no i mean definitely because you do have such a massive amount of um whether it be one two three five uh, team people Mm -hmm. uh, five people teams um, making these amazing games. Yeah, how do you recognize them? You know, next to Doom and so on, like that. Well, but do you do you cut people off if they have too many? I know exactly. Like, we do you're, like, you're, you're a regular team. Yeah. team now. Sorry, you have six people. Sorry, you're sorry, you're. I mean, yeah, I mean, or you can't really do budget either because that's not really fair. Or yeah. time it took to make it, that's not fair either. It's yeah, I don't know how you Tough, do that. Right? Yeah, it's hard to move the goalposts um, on that one. I, I know I that like we had we had the, we had a category for uh, best downloadable game. Yeah. And then we got to get rid of that because we were like, <laughs> everything's downloadable. every game is downloadable. We're ready to hop on the World Wide yeah, Web and yeah. download a video game, yeah. check out. And like nowadays, it's like, what's a downloadable game? Breath yeah. of the Wild. Yeah. Wins. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> like, right. I, I By the way, I was, I was happy to see uh, Mario, and, Mario and Rabbits win the yeah. strategy yeah. Uh, yeah. award. Like that to me is like a game that's almost, it feels like an indie game, but it's obviously not. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. a big budget, yeah. big license game. That came out of nowhere, right? That game. That's yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's so cool. A lot of people doubted that game, but mm -hmm. I, I remained hopeful for it. Yeah. I mean, seriously, Beautiful. I think that, I, I mean, I, I like those types of games. I really like real-time strategy games in particular, and I had no idea that Ubisoft was capable of making such yeah. a fantastic game like that, especially with Burn. the concept of, <laughs> like, you know, taking the rabbits and then combining them with such a beloved franchise like you know mario it's it's insane to think that they were brave enough to attempt something like that but they did it and it worked and it totally paid off in the end because not only did the game do well itself but it was critically received very well it, you know obviously won best strategy game over xcom 2 right. by the way which is yeah. crazy mm -hmm. yeah did you know that so yeah. it's yeah. you know well well done ubisoft well, and visually it looks like a Nintendo game. I mean, usually yeah. you'll see like a third-party Nintendo game, like the sports games or whatever, that obviously weren't made by Nintendo. They're made by someone else. Mm -hmm. And they're not quite... They're like 98% there. They're kind of off. But there's that 2% that's like, eh, Imposter this game, yeah. looks yeah. like 3D World. Well, looks amazing. What was looks that? so good. There was like a basketball game in the 2000s that had like yeah, Mario yeah, and Peach yeah. in it, and they just looked weird. Hoops, right. I guess. Or yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah. when this game launched, the devs over at uh, working on XCOM tweeted a picture of them playing it in their lunchroom which i thought that was really cool they had like a projector yeah so it's like there's all you know there's nothing but love between all these guys but yep. yeah that's awesome yeah uh yeah I, I watched the whole vgas i uh i i think it's remarkable remarkable what jeff puts on uh jeff Keeley, uh, you know hosts the show but also does all the work behind the scenes it's a multi-million dollar pr production it's basically what he spends half his year yeah uh, on it, it's it's awesome that that this is persisting way mm -hmm. back from like it started on spike remember on television and tied into game trailers and it's still around in, in this format and and it's we're getting, always happy to carry the stream and and uh, yeah. let people watch it's, it's getting 
better every year. It's important yeah. to have that. It'd be, mm. It's like E3 when that went away for yep. a year or two. That was like, oh, no. If this went away, it would, it would, you'd, everyone would feel it. You yeah. know? Yeah. It's important to have those things, just like the Oscars and so on, even though that one guy doesn't like them apparently mm. on the show. Yeah, no. um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I cannot in- wait to work with that man. <laughs> oh I cannot <laughs> wait. I could not believe that. that he, was everyone lost it at, at him. And uh, What's his name again? Uh, F something isn't it? Isn't yeah. Uh, I'm total. I'm so stupid. I'm totally blanking. I'm sorry. I can't, yeah. Um, but uh, I, we were sitting there being like, no, this is this is a guy that doesn't play by the rules of the video game industry. This guy makes movies. Like he's an artist, and he just yeah. came in and did his thing. And it was like, all right, there, there we go. <laughs> Are you you're looking forward to your drunken moment? On oh man, I would no, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's what like, I said. Like the show is growing and evolving. It current like. When you watch the Oscars, if somebody rambles too long, they play a song very loudly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They have a system for that. Yeah. Jeff doesn't have that yet. Yeah. So I think next year he'll probably have the speed up music from Mario. Like that. Oh, that's a good one. I'll give like you the it. single signal and you cut <laughs> to this. And oh my gosh, he was Poor doing Jeff. a good job with um, just you know like getting the yeah. show going, moving yeah. it along. I mean, he's totally a professional guy. Yeah. So well done, Jeff. Very mm-hmm. impressive. Um, but show. yeah, there were three more awards given uh, for uh, best action adventure. game. Game, best game direction, and of course, the big one of the night, game of the year, and those go or went to Breath of the Wild, which, of course, is a lot of people's favorite game of the little year. game. So, definitely exciting news. But we're going to talk more about Breath of the Wild in a little bit. Before we do, there were some pretty big announcements coming out of the v, uh, the VGAs this year as well. One of them being that Bayonetta one and two were releasing on Switch. And it's one we could have seen coming yeah. because, like, it, it as part of this whole like, hey, let's try again with games that may not have sold well on the Wii U. Yeah. Bayonetta, it's it's probably fairly easy for them to port this and like re-release it. I thought there was kind of like when they announced it, I'm like, yeah, of course, no brainer to re-release it again. But then. <laughs> They yeah. showed a logo. Yes. Then Reggie pulled out a one more thing. Like he, they totally pulled an apple and said, "No, wait, we got we got one more thing for you guys." And it turned out to be the Bayonetta three announcement for Switch, which we got a cool little uh, trailer. I guess you call it cool. It's, it's similar to the Metroid Prime Four trailer, <laughs> where we learn uh, little to nothing, but all get really hyped and excited, which yeah. was really cool. Yeah, I think that's that's all uh, most of us needed to know was that it's coming and it's exclusive to Switch. So, do you think so. they ported one and two just to kind of get their hands dirty with the Switch hardware and play oh, around right. with it, yeah. and then at the same time started already yeah. game easy money? Design. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah definitely. But it's the audience going. But this is a, to me this is, this is a conundrum. Like Platinum is such a weird company, right? Like the the games they make. And by the way, like I'm sure we'll see wonderful 101 release on the Switch as well. Yep. That's like one of those games that was good but didn't do well enough, so it's going to mm. come back. Well, it's like it's like doing it's like a comedian doing a joke in a small club and then doing it again yep. on like the Colbert <laughs> show. You know, like well, no one saw it, so. But it's it's confounding <laughs> to me because Bayonetta is not a huge seller. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. The character was obviously in Smash Brothers. Yep. Um, she appeared in. A, she's got her own two amiibo. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I thought after Bayonetta two, they were done and they would move on in partnership with Nintendo, maybe to something else. But here they are again, Bayonetta I, I, three. It's I really crazy. thought Bayonetta two would be like the hail mary for that franchise, yep. um, and I guess it kind of was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's really weird because I, I know it didn't sell well. It yeah. tanked. But Nintendo funded it, and they could probably afford to take the L on that. And instead, we are getting both of those games and mm-hmm. the third one. Um, and I hope she pops up in Smash Brothers again. It's really weird. We were all in a room, like, clapping. And I kind of, like, turned to my friend, and I was like, hey, it's, it's like 
this is just a weird job that we're all really excited that, like the witch woman with the hair and the gun feet <laughs> is coming back to Nintendo Switch and we can bring her anywhere to kill dragons. Yep. It's like this is a weird job. But I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 glad I'm glad to see it. I saw once again the same sort of backlash from like hardcore Bayonetta fans who were like how dare you make this Switch exclusive? It's like, well, they're paying for it, you know? Like, dinner's at your house, like, if you bought all the groceries. Like, that's just the way it works, you know? Well, Bayonetta 2 was exclusive to the Wii U, but Bayonetta 1 was uh, available on yeah. Xbox 360, PS3 yep. and stuff. I mean, it's such a loved franchise. A lot of people love Bayonetta. So it's exciting that Bayonetta 3 is coming to Switch. And it's ex- it's even more so exciting that it's, ex- it's exclusive to Switch, which yeah. means that it's going to be developed, you know, specifically for that platform it's going to have those features it's going to run incredibly well on switch just because of that alone made for the switch yeah Yeah. could bode well for it it's so unique it's nice to have something that that brings something unique to the platform you can't you know there's nothing else like it you know on the switch so it's like it's awesome it's perfect those guys don't suck either i mean the 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 stuff they got out of the wii u graphically there's Mm -hmm. you know just running buttery smoothly at 60 with crazy stuff happening in the background yeah um I'd love to see what else I can do on the Switch, maybe with mm-hmm. one of the neglected Nintendo franchises, you know, mm-hmm. or one of their canceled games like we've seen Star Fox. But you know, <laughs> bring Scalebound on, Scalebound, just there you yeah, go. port whatever you got. Can they rescue that one? Yeah. So very, very exciting news um, coming out of the VGAs for Bayonetta. But we had some more news that we were all waiting for for quite a long time. And that was regarding the Zelda DLC 2. And we got the big announcement. We got a, a gigantic trailer for the Champions Ballad DLC. Um, and then the incredible announcement that it was coming out that same day which i think freaked a lot of us within hours right we're just super excited eagerly hitting the refresh on our switches eShop to see if it was available to download at least i was another apple thing by the way right it's out now they really love those i just yeah i want (laughs) to i mean like we were all watching it or the people here in the office who were covering the vgas um i was one of them we were hanging out all huddled around watching the trailer happen and it was so, like, I don't know, like, gratifying seeing that all come together. Like, everything we had waited for. Um, you know, this amazing Zelda DLC is coming out. And then to see that it was available now. Like, the second that we saw available now, everybody in the office just jumped up, started <laughs> screaming. And then uh, Mark Medina, who's actually one of our video producers, he was watching it in the back of the office. And his stream was a little faster than ours. So we were watching a delayed stream by, like, five seconds. So all we heard right before we saw the Master Cycle Zero was, oh, you know, like, just and we're like, oh, my God, what's going to come up? What's going to come up? And then all of a sudden we just see Link come yep. out with the Master Cycle Zero, which is just the coolest moment. I was so happy Ridiculous. when I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, everybody's switch is turned on. Everybody checked the eShop. And then when it, it did pop up at midnight or yeah. 9, 9 p.m. here, you know, everybody started downloading and the thing couldn't. Couldn't download fast enough. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was a fun thing to try to download drunk post video game awards on hotel Wi Fi. Oh, there you oh, go. Nintendo man. handhelds and hotel Wi Fi, yeah. just like that. I don't How know. Big was it? Was you know? I come with the size. It's, it wasn't that. I mean, I I went to it bed and I woke up and it was there. Oh wow! Well. Did it an hour yeah. for me at home. Yeah. yeah, but it's really cool. And I think it was sort of Nintendo way. Nintendo's way of being like, hey, I know many of you are voting on Game of the Year right now. Just a little nudge, <laughs> just to remind you guys, we made this masterpiece earlier the year in March. Yeah. Uh, there's a little reminder for you. Have a good night. <laughs> See you soon. So you all play. You haven't been able to play yet, right? I have right? not played the DLC, yeah, no. Because you have a real yeah. job. 
Um, <laughs> I, fin- I, I finished it. Are you done yet or not yet? I've not done yet. It. Yeah, yeah, I got a chance to finish it. I I really enjoyed it. I Obviously, a lot of people have been saying, and I totally agree that the very beginning part of it is kind of difficult. It's pretty difficult to get through. But once you do get through the beginning uh, sets of it, it starts to open up and it becomes more sort of like uh, what we're used to from Breath of the Wild, which is a lot of like shrine hunting and mm-hmm. stuff like that. The difficulty level definitely drops. So if you haven't played it yet, it starts off with, you know, you go back to the very place where you started and you get this weapon that kills enemies in one hit. There's only one catch. Your hearts go down all the way. You can no longer heal yourself. And if you take one hit, you're dead. And that means even if a little bat hits you or you take a little tumble, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then you have to finish these, basically clear these four camps. Uh, and then the rewards, as you keep playing uh, farther, are uh, new shrines, brand new shrines with new challenges, and no cheesy shrines with like a major test of strength repeats. Each shrine is unique and has kind of cool puzzle boxes. There's uh, there, there's some some crazy contraptions, Rube Goldberg machines that you got to figure out. And like I love that stuff. Yeah. All the shrines were so creative. They're Recycled boss battles, I was less um, less crazy about, but it does end on a high note. And, mm-hmm. of course, you, you unlock, as they showed in the trailer, the Master Cycle Zero, which is just completely insane. Mm-hmm. So I also I didn't realize there was a Korok waiting behind you at the beginning of that game. I never noticed that. When I went back to get that one-hit weapon or whatever I, it is. I found that one, yeah. But yeah. now now that you have the motorbike, you can traverse the landscape really fast. And by the way, you have oh, to awesome. feed it. You have to put fuel in the thing. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. So, like, you feed it in the same way you... Um, I mean, what else? Same, same way you cook. Yeah. So, like, I was running low on gas, and I grabbed like a bunch of coconuts, and then just walked up to it and just like yeah. dumped it into the seat. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like Mr. Fusion so in Back yeah. to the Future too. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's very yeah. eco friendly. Yeah. But um, but now that you have the motorbike, you can you can don the uh you know the the mask and and find all uh, all the hidden stuff. Pretty I know. Easily. Like I was driving like around like a crazy person. And I was like, you get that mm-hmm. little that little chime, and uh, you stop. And, That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's such. It was a great reminder that Breath of the Wild is a fantastic game, and what the DLC did really did well was um, make you use each one of the powers that you had gained. Like each each puzzle really utilized either you know your ability to place ice blocks or stasis something, and uh, I love that. The only bummer is it was not integrated into the story. I somehow, in my mind, I thought, you know, a courier arrives with a letter saying, Princess Zelda needs you at the castle or something. And then you embark uh, on this quest and find a different corner of the lands that you hadn't explored. And it's not like that. Mm. It's more like here are a bunch of challenges, starting with difficult getting easier, honestly. Yeah. And then giving you cutscenes and story elements as a reward that don't really impact the overall story, but flesh out the champion's characters. And the cutscenes are awesome. They're really good. But yeah I, yeah, I was more hoping for like more like The Witcher or something like an additional, like an add on to the story that expands. I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people wanted just more um, to the story itself, but it's also nice to have just more content to come to and, yeah. and play, you know, Breath of the Wild in or to have a reason to come back and play Breath of the Wild, um, which I think is really exciting that Nintendo is like continuing to support games in the future like this. Like we saw recent content updates with Splatoon. We saw recent content updates with um, 
arms as well. And obviously, this was a paid one. Those others were free. But still, we're just seeing um, a newer Nintendo here that's adding content to their games. And they're doing it right. Like, this is a great way to put DLC, I feel like, in, in a Zelda game. So, And that's something that we've never seen before. So it's very, very cool. Definitely. I mean, I felt that way when I finished Wind Waker. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I love this game. I just want more. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't need a sequel. Just give me more of this. Yep. Yep. Um, so it's wonderful they're in a position where they're doing that now. Yeah, and it's really Wind cool. Wind Waker Switch would be pretty cool. Uh, I wouldn't yeah. say no to that. I mean, while you're porting games from the, yeah. Switch, from the Wii, Wii U era, era. Yeah. sure. I just I'll feel like that's so recent, right, that, that re-release. But yeah. they did it with Mario Kart. Obviously, they brought yeah. that out on right. Switch Fast. I just think Skyward Sword is next. Because well, the Switch can actually do it. With, I think they brought Mario Kart through, through. because there's no Mario Kart. With yeah. with with uh, Breath of the Wild competing with everybody else's attention yeah. in yeah. terms of the Zelda conversation. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how many of you have actually gone back to the older Zeldas. I imagine they still hold up really well. But I also imagine that you're going to be like, why can't I climb that wall? <laughs> it it <laughs> is know? weird going back, for sure. It's a milestone. I uh, I went and saw the uh, Symphony of the Goddesses, the Zelda concert. Oh, cool! That's touring, yeah, mm-hmm. and they have um, you know they they play music from from all the big games, and it's kind of funny like seeing they did as an encore they did uh, the Ballad of the Windfish from Link's Awakening. Really? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Oh, that's awesome. And like my kids. Uh, my boys, my daughter played it. My boys hadn't played it, and they're like, "What the hell is this yeah. game? Why is there a whale, a rainbow whale with wings?" I'm like, "Oh, you explain. don't even know the half of it." I played that game a hundred yeah. times. It's hard to explain. But it's awakening your, fa- Ooh, your yeah. favorite. Yep. Oh, hands down, mine too. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes, wow. love that game. Yes. This is oh, the first God, time yeah. you've met mm-hmm. a true friend. Yeah, love that's true. that game. It's but great. it's like you, they show a lot of the footage, and the music was beautiful. It's an amazing concert series if you can see it. And they played uh, two movements from uh, Breath of the Wild as well. They did as an encore. They did the Goron City mix. Right. With like all the and all the crazy drums and everything. Um with an orchestra and 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 a choir. So I've never been like I've never wanted to do one of those things. I've always like passed through and I've been like, no, I'm good. But at the game awards they had a full orchestra and they played a couple songs from Breath of the Wild, especially like when they won. Yeah. And I I, all of a sudden I was like, oh, this is powerful. Like this is really cool. So they sync it to the visual. So they have a montage of like Ocarina of Time and like when Link hits something, the choir goes, oh, and stuff. Like it's so good. It's really well done. That's cool. Yeah. Like super awesome production. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but you cool. see all these old games and yes it struck me as yeah you can't Link can't climb that tiny fence <laughs> well in Majora's yeah, Mask right. you know so like yeah, I exactly. mean Link's Awakening is my favorite Zelda do you know you have to go into the sub menu every single time oh. you want to switch an item out or mm-hmm. do anything yep. and uh, one of those items is jump yep so like to jump the in that boots. game you have to go choose jump mm-hmm. and then and it's just like there's a lot you just hit start constantly man yeah I hope they patch that someday yep yep yeah. Well, since we're still talking about Zelda stuff, uh, we might as well jump over to our question block, which is completely Zelda-related. This week's question comes from William from the UK uh, over at our email, nvc at IGN.com. I know him. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, William asks, with the recent Zelda DLC, do you think we have seen the end of major Breath of the Wild updates? I can only... I can see more little additions like Xenoblade content, but do you think the developers have now almost completely moved their focus to the next project? Would you personally like to see more DLC? Thanks, William. Um, yes, I would love to see more DLC. I think it all depends on how adoption was for this first content pack, right? right? Like it's such a yeah. big game, you can imagine they can still iterate and release new quests and, you know, like looking at the 
it almost seemed effortless when they added all these new shrines and all these new puzzles. And you're like sitting there, you're like, are you not out of ideas? Yeah. With like these these elements, like why can you keep going? And so <laughs> I think they just they can. Yeah. You know, they obviously have a huge team too. Mm-hmm. It's much I, more cost effective to do that. You know, oh, yeah. reinventing the wheel. Yeah. I, I got I got to think there's something more coming. Yeah, honestly, for me, like, they built such a beautiful world with that engine, and there's so much of it that I personally have yet to see. Like, I haven't explored all of it, and so I think that they could definitely add even, like, a DLC pack three or four um, that fills it out a little bit and adds more content, like, actual story-driven, like, more focused on building out the story or maybe even a separate storyline would be really cool because there's just so many opportunities, so many different things that they could add to that world world to a keep monster truck yeah or like a <laughs> kraken or something crazy yeah. like that sure yeah. yeah put some like you know wind waker stuff in there it'd be cool to see i agree that. i agree yeah um i mean uh andrew goldfarb and i did the interview with anuma in la the other day and like we asked him this specifically we're gonna put that story up soon um but i will say personally like i would love to see more of it because it is such a strong foundation and i know that it's going to be a very long time until we get another Zelda game like this. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking like years. Yeah. Like I, I would say it'd be three to five years at the earliest before we see anything even remotely close to Breath of the Wild scale. And I think even then, um, I think it'll be two years. I think two years. Be in 2019 Christmas, you'll get a sequel using that same engine. You think 2019, 2019. we're going to get a sequel to Breath of the Wild? Yeah. That's- you're I out think. of your mind. No way. <laughs> what? I mean, I, look, I would I love it. Uh, I, th- I think it'll be soon. It won't be five years. Yeah. I, th- I think 2019 is pushing it. Maybe 2020 in March. 2020. Yeah. 2020 uh, makes sense. No, because I, they have this great engine and this great physics system and everything set up. And like... As you heard in some of the interviews, they played around with hook shots, even dual hook shots. Like that was our interview, around, yeah. Yeah, getting around Spider-Man style. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like you can use a, the foundation and riff on that original yeah. engine, and they have a huge team. Yeah, they had, a, that. they had apparently experimented with dual hook shots. I asked them about flying machines, about how the audience has sort of latched on to – I don't know if you've seen the videos of people, like, kit bashing things in that game. Oh, yeah. It's and amazing. They, they basically yeah. use Magnesis inside of, like, a rusted old, like, horse cart. Yep. And they're just flying through yeah. the sky. Yeah. And they were like, well, flying was like the one thing we did. We wanted you to think about that you couldn't do. You know, yeah. it was just out of reach. And so it, it sort of makes climbing more mm-hmm. impacting, you know, like to sort of to scale a building, like scale a wall in that game. Yeah. It's huge that when you get to the tallest thing in the entire game. And if you just flew up there or d- dual hook shot it up there, it would kind of lessen that a little bit so but i think that they have they have a foundation they have a world i think we'll see more stuff added to it and i think it will be goofy i think like this is their time to get like kind of nonsensical like in the same way we saw that monster hunter trailer where they're just like mega man's in it now i think you'll start to see like mario stuff you'll start to see uh stuff from other zelda games Mm -hmm. like you know or maybe some more like 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 you said with the stuff they added recently for xenoquest or xenogears xenoblade (laughs) one of those names i'm so tired i mean with that engine it'd be amazing because i mean Breath of the Wild is incredible, of course. But when you go back to um, Ocarina and, and Majora's, they're great and they're yeah. unique. So if you did that style of game in this engine, in this world, that'd be great. Yeah. The dungeons, the classic Zelda, but with the abilities of Link in this world would Man. be like, whoa. Yeah. Like the dungeons you could come up with with that ability would be amazing. You know? Majora was already the 
the kind of game B to Ocarina of Time. They said we're going to reuse most mm-hmm. of the assets. It has the same right. characters, but in a mm-hmm. kind of like a Alice in Wonderland different cast kind of um, setup, right? That was, I think, the fastest that they were able to turn around another 3D Zelda game by, by reusing assets. Yeah, and that's the best case scenario yeah. for a sequel here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is the sort of Majora's Breath or Mask. Yeah, Haunted it's Hyrule. Yeah. It's like different enemies. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 But I, I like that. I, but I wouldn't like it if it was the exact same map. I agree. Because exploration of the right. map was such a huge game yeah. uh, deal. Unless it's flooded. If it's underwater <laughs> and we got a ship. Just flooded. And the whole country is underneath. <laughs> good. That's Waterworld. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Then we get to uh, re-explore. Yeah. Find the gasoline. <laughs> there are so many different things they could do with just adding more content to Zelda. I yep. mean, I just hope that if we don't get new content for this Zelda, I hope we get another Zelda soon. Definitely mm-hmm. sooner than five years. Um, but we'll see. We'll, we will definitely see. So thank you very much, William. Um, that question, you guys, if you guys have any questions, you can definitely reach us at the email nvc at ign.com or any of our Facebook groups, which we only have one. So make sure you check out that one Facebook group. The others are imposters. Uh, yes. Well, there's, there's the main group and then there's the, uh, the, this, the forums. Oh, right? yeah. The Facebook forums. Facebook so forums. There's the official one that just lets you know when the new episode is up. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's boring, but. Yeah, that's a good, works, good pitch, though. right? Great it, pitch. It works. Subscribe to like, this incredibly it's, important. It works. It's like a Facebook group RSS feed, basically. It that's, just lets you know when the latest episode is up. Sounds thrilling. It's, a, just, it's amazing. Yeah. I think the main group's better. Yeah. No, or you can, reach, it, fun. you can reach us on Twitter as well. But um, before we wrap up the show, I did want to just run over some quick highlights uh, from the news. Party crash results from ARMS. Uh, if you guys are following that at all, it was Ninjara versus Minmin, Minmin excuse me, this week. Ninjara took home the medal. It was 58% for Ninjara versus Minmin, who got 42%. So definitely make sure you're participating in party crash mode in ARMS. If you still play ARMS, which you should be because it's still a good game, I am starting to get back into it. I played a little bit of it yesterday, and I can confirm it's still fun. Um, and then the next thing is the that new Clam Blitz mode has been released finally, which is the second part to the big winter holiday update. Um, and I played a lot of this yesterday with Lily, which was really, really fun. I think that this mode might actually bring me back personally Ooh. to Splatoon. Yeah. Now, I took a really long vacation from Splatoon, mm-hmm. uh, like I want to say right around September, and it came out in July. So it was pretty, pretty big turnaround for me. But after playing like four or five matches of Clam Blitz, I really enjoyed myself. Now, the whole premise of this, uh, I know we talked about it a lot uh, earlier on an earlier episode, but you're going around collecting clams, and once you get 10 clams, uh, your 10 clams turn into a football that you then have to basically throw and score. And if, you, if you're watching our video podcast, you can see the goal right there is that big green ball, and it has a barrier on it. So like you have to throw the ball once to break the barrier, pick it up, and then throw it again to score. And it's it's very difficult, but it's a lot of fun. So definitely, definitely check it out if you're a Splatoon fan, and it's been a while since you've played if if it's been a while since you've played i highly recommend going back in for that as well but makes, makes perfect sense you know collecting yeah. 10 clams making a football and then making mm-hmm. something explode it's just yeah i mean league rules yeah, yeah that's just yeah. how totally works, totally natural. Right? that's i mean that's what i learned <laughs> that's what clams do when you don't that's watch true. them they, uh, they really they that's get where together footballs come from <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Uh, well, that's our show this week. Thank you very much for watching, listening. We are a weekly show on IGN. But uh, you can also find us on YouTube and also any of your favorite podcasting services as well. So definitely make sure you're subscribed. We post every single week. And uh, thank you all very much for joining me. Thank you very much, Jules, Thanks, for joining man. us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. it. Absolute pleasure having you. Mm-hmm. And to all of you out there, may the force be with you.